Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Well, after last week... After all the paranormal excitement of yeah. the Paradigm Symposium, this week felt a little normal, regular, it, not weird. <laughs> it felt a little. It felt a little bit like there wasn't enough uh, paranormal activity yeah. going on in our lives. I agree, but that's why we look for things. So. Right, but that's okay because it's summertime. And that means we'll be playing shows. Yay! And so we can bring on the uh, the rock activity yes, instead we can. of the paranormal activity. For like, sure. Like this Sunday, we're playing at Bratfest in Madison. Yes. Opening up for Kip Winger. The festival of the bratwurst. <laughs> yes, plenty of sausage at that party. Yeah. It's, a, it's Madison's biggest <laughs> sausage party. That's right. And it's um, actually, they set the record each year for the most bratwursts consumed, right? Or sold, I, I guess. I, I don't know. They gobbled. That people. <laughs> the most bratwurst gobbled on the planet. Yeah, and they have happened. a whole variety of flavors. They have like the regular ones and the, the chicken chipotle. And, and they have um, the vegan brats yeah. for guys like me. Yes, and uh, for people who just want to try them all, yes. try one of each. But I'll have, uh, usually we get our brats backstage and stuff like that before we play. <laughs> and so I'll just sit there in like the hospitality tent chow and, down. and I'll chow down on like five brats. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a fundraiser for local Madison charities or charities. Whatever, I mean, whatever charity you want to yes. work at. So it's, it's cool yeah. because whoever, whoever signs up to serve bratwurst or whatever, they get paid a certain dollars per hour and it goes right to their charity. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. And it, it goes to local things here in Madison and it's free. So you yep. don't even have to buy a ticket. So that's the cool thing about Bratfest. It's free. There's live rock and roll. It's outdoors. They have some really nice sound stages there that sound great, I think. Yeah. And well, they have Sunspot on right. Sunday. And they so. got Sunspot on Sunday. <laughs> and so we'll be playing our, our paranormal music for everybody. And I was looking to see if... Uh, Kip Winger had any ghost stories or UFO and like he's never been abducted or anything. Good. Oh, well, um, he you know, did still time. He did write a ballet called Ghosts, though. Oh, that was performed by the San Francisco uh, Ballet wow. Company and by different How ballet cool. companies across the across the country. So I don't know. It's not like based on real ghost stories or anything, but he did just have a ballet what called Ghosts. Very cool. Uh, by uh, Kip Winger. So next week we'll be playing with well, him and hopefully we'll have some rock star stories. Right, because like, if, if he's in the hospitality tent, we might just get to ask him. Have person, you seen a ghost you know, story? Right. Would be and, we'll, and I'll be like, would you like a vegan brat, sir? <laughs> right. So if you're in the he's Madison... He's going to eat 17 vegan brats. Oh, if hey. You're, if you're in the Madison area, uh, we will be playing on Sunday, May 29th, yep. the day before Memorial Day mm -hmm. at 2 o'clock p.m. And then uh, our friend John Messino is playing after us and then Kip Winger. Yeah, so that should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, so uh, that's what we're doing. And if you guys like our music, the stuff we put on the podcast every week, or just like what you hear on the podcast, then can we recommend giving us an iTunes review? Oh, yeah. Uh, all five all five star reviews get read on the air, and we've even put them to music before. So. And they, they, they make our hearts just a little bit warmer. Just jump out. My heart jumps right <laughs> out of my chest when I see a review. I go, it'll be like, is and that actually, a review? Oh, is yeah. That, is it sad that it actually kind of does? Like, it does. It's I feel exciting. like a little adrenaline, like, like punch whenever I see it. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> I love cool. when we get a review. So anyway, and and if your review rhymes, we'll set it to music. Oh my goodness! Wow. So just uh, give not a, like don't not, don't make it a haiku, because it okay. still has to be four four, <laughs> and it has to make sense too. Yeah. Like, Please. But anyway, we're asking so much. All you, all you really need to do is just, you know, if, if you have a minute or two to spare, just jump on our 
iTunes page and, you know, say something, preferably something nice. Yeah. If, if you don't think it's great, that's okay too. And when it comes to our podcast, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> we all know that, that <laughs> rule we were taught when and, we were kids. Right. It particularly applies to iTunes. Anyway, so if you like what you hear, uh, leave, a, you know, leave a review and um, anyway, and just come say hi. Yeah. And, and thanks to all the people who've uh, sent us messages on Twitter and mm-hmm. retweeted our, our show episodes and everything like that. We love hearing from you. And, and we love getting the ideas for topics. Yes. Too. So yes. Uh, our Twitter is Other Side Talk. So at Other Side Talk yep. uh, is our Twitter. And we love hearing your ideas and things like that. That's, Indeed. that's extra fun. It is. So anyway, so, but when it came uh, to topics for this week... It was pretty easy to pick one with the, with the well, news. Well, that's right, because there was a major news story that's been really troublesome all week. Yeah, and so uh, I'm talking about uh, Flight 804, Egyptian mm-hmm. Airlines. I mean, the story yesterday was that the flight was missing, you know, that there was a missing plane. Yeah, most of the week it was. <laughs> and that's the thing is that missing planes, you know, Flight 370, they never found. And so, of course, CNN, right. which during the whole Flight 370 thing, we'll talk about that more in a minute. That was actually uh, Flight 370. It was called the CNN Flight oh 370 gosh, Network. They were so excited about that. Ooh, That's we all they had. You know, that we can talk about for days and days and days. A and, mystery. Right. You know, mysteries. And we're all interested. Is there, is there a tidbit? Yeah, is there because new- that, was, that was freaky. Especially in this day and age where we seem to have an eye on everything. All the GPS answers. coordinates on everything. You know, I can find my friend. I can find my friend, Mike. Yes, I can you just can. look and see where he is on the map. <laughs> right. And then I can go find him. And so, you know, you go, how does a whole airplane, a giant thing like an airplane. Right. With dozens of people just disappear. Just flop off the radar. And and so that, yeah. Right. <laughs> Nothing. There's no radar flopping. <laughs> it's like, it's not like Frogger. It's like, <laughs> radar, te- I just radar a big technology fish flopping around. Radar technology is stuck in 1980 <laughs> with the Frogger. Um, but people are watching these radar right. flight controllers and everything. That it, and all of a sudden just, the blips disappear. It's amazing to me that that can even happen. Well, it does. And what happened with uh, the Egyptian flight is that um, it had come into Cairo airspace. Mm-hmm. And so it was flying from Paris to Cairo. And then it had turned around with no explanation. So it's like it was coming to Cairo and then it just, it just turned around. And so today, unfortunately, the news is that they did find the debris and of the flight. They found suitcases and right. remains. And, and we're recording this on Friday, so we just got the news, um, which is, you know, takes the mystery away. And it's very sad, of course. But there's still the mystery of what happened to the plane. Right. Yep. And I mean, the, the idea, obviously, is that since they turned around, like, what reason would they have to turn around when they were almost there? Mm-hmm. And, and there was no distress call or anything like that. So Right. So that they, they're, right now they're thinking it might be terrorists. And so that's a, that's a tragedy, you know, 66 people were on board and, yeah. you know, and that's a, that's a real tragedy. Terrible. And when it comes to a situation, like when I get on a flight, you know, I've consumed all of the media about missing flights and things like that, like oh, over time, no. you know, so like it all comes out and I'm, I'm a little better now and we've taken a couple of flights this year and, yeah. and I've been on a, a traveling a lot this year, but, uh, I think there was a period, like I hadn't gotten on a plane for like three years. From like 2000 to 2003. <laughs> so I hadn't gone anywhere. Or I mean, I, I had sure. just driven. Yeah. And, and any vacation time I'd have had, we were like yeah, driving touring. around in the van. Right. So uh, I finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going somewhere. And so I was on a flight and I get on in Milwaukee. And I realized I hadn't been on a plane in three. Yeah. 
And I was just terrified. Like, I, Well, especially when they do the, in case of a, an emergency water landing, and you're like, no, 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 we don't need to know that. Well, please. and I hadn't been in a flight after September 11th. Oh, okay. I see. So the last flight I'd been to, I think, was sometime early 2000. Prior to that. And so this is yeah. two years later. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't been in, I had done the whole, like the, with the TSA. The security. You know, and I always ask for a groping when I go through. <laughs> I'm always like, no, excuse me. I've got, I'm not sure. I think I might have something in my pants. I don't know. Oh. And so the, t- like, they hate it. They're like, oh, no. They're like, send not, not him, another one. Send him through the x-ray. Just send him through the x-ray. Can you turn oh. the x-rays up when Mike comes? Poor TSA agents. Uh, so, right. I'm just like, I don't, I think, hey, I'm sorry, the body, yeah, you're going to have to check the body cavities. And I figure, like, let's be thorough. And so we go, you know, so I'm on the plane for the first time. And all I could think of were, like, all the different the, oh, but right. and that just crashes because no, it's not that I'm afraid I'm not even that yeah. afraid of plane crashes because it's like this doesn't I mean less than 500 people a year die in plane crashes right no it's it's supposedly statistically it's safer flying mm-hmm. than it is like driving well you've been on the road right right no and I know that but you just logically you within go, the past is... month we've driven in both Minneapolis and Chicago yeah. so we know how dangerous the drivers right. can be <laughs> but I mean when you think about it, like it just it doesn't feel that way because you're getting into a giant hunk of metal that's Tube. flying through the air at like 600 miles per hour. <laughs> so right. It's like, well, like, this seems much, much less safe. Than- well, and I think if, if I was flying the plane myself, I'd feel, and not that I'm ever going to be a pilot or anything, but if I was flying, I'd feel different because your life is in your control. I mean, yeah. I could be, if I was interested in like in flying, maybe I would be someday. Um, but, but do you feel that way when you get into a bus? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, there's been a couple of times when I used to take the mega bus back and oh, forth gosh. to Minneapolis and Madison. <laughs> the there was one bus. time we were, we were coming by this recreational vehicle that had a, a, oh, a no. like a truck that was, you know, like how an RV can keep oh. like a car in the back? Yeah, yeah. This one had like a pickup. Like towing it? This one had a pickup truck towing it in the back. Okay. But it was raised a little bit so that the front of the truck was equal to like the top of the RV. <laughs> and something was loose. Oh gosh, that's terrifying. And so it starts let's say it starts sparking and everything. And we're right uh. next to it. And everybody on the bus starts like going like, "You see that? You see that? Oh my god, like you I'm better a- get past them." That's the I mean I'm just imagining the like Things swerving and the whole bus being like, whoa, because it's a double decker bus too. Because it's a double, you know, it's a double yeah, decker. No, so anytime that yeah. you're looking down and you're like, any kind of swerve here, and we're going over the side, you know, like this is yeah. done. Uh, so anyway, I just remember that feeling, and I, well, I was I wasn't concerned. I, I really was concerned that the flight would go like disappear. <laughs> I wasn't even going overseas. Like I was just going like three states away, going yeah. like Maryland right. or something, and I'm like, I'm like I'm really easy. Like, what if it gets lost over the um, Lake Michigan or something like that? Yeah, like, I know. And that's, that, to me, is worse than anything. Like in the, or going down and then needing to use that little inflatable thing. You got to, like, use the straw to blow up. Right. That, you know, <laughs> if they say, no, these are self-inflating. I'm like, how does that work like, without air? But if air? it doesn't work, here's a straw so you can blow it up. It's like, I don't want I would be worried about getting out of this thing. Like, right. <laughs> but, um, no, I always, whenever they do the whole spiel with that, first of all, it still makes me laugh that they actually show you how to buckle the seatbelt because how many people need that guidance? I know, but if you, again, if you're a kid, there's going to be somebody. Right. Like, how many kids do you see watching the flight attendants and like no, paying attention? They're just screaming. Mostly right. if they're next to me on a flight, they're screaming. But secondly, when they bring out the vest and they put it on and inflate it, it's terrifying because it makes me imagine a bunch of people floating around in the water with those things on. And those are the lucky people. Right. 
So anyway, okay. everybody else is, is just, on fire, <laughs> but it's all unnecessary because statistically we know you are as safe as can be in an airplane. It's like kind of like tucking yourself into your cozy little Betty body. Right. You're, right. You're, you have a better <laughs> so chance safe. of, you know, you have a better chance of dying in an accident so or like a house right. fire or it's something irrational like fear. Right. It's actually safer than tucking into your Betty body. Cause <laughs> let's say, let's say your toaster has a loose wire oh, or something like that. Or like, your neighbor's toaster. Bing, oh yeah. That's you know, right. If you live in a, an you apartment? Live in a condo like I do. And I think yeah. about that sometimes cause I've got a neighbor that's not, not there that often. And I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like we could be re- we're recording in the clubhouse in my condo today, so it's, um, so he's not there that often. So something happens, and his fridge goes on the fritz. And that could be curtains. Yeah. Okay. This is just all right. Depressing. All right, but that's the thing. So that's how, that's how I was feeling. But the, so I was worried I was going to be on a missing flight, and the reason is because there's been a ton of flights that have gone missing over time, and the most famous one, obviously, is the Malaysian flight 370 that disappeared in March of 2014 yeah that's that's the most famous recent one and actually what's interesting is uh the flight 804 that just went that just disappeared like they already have conspiracy theorists trying to connect it like saying that it's been 804 days oh that's kind of a strange coincidence it's 804 days that uh this flight has disappeared since the last um the uh mh370 disappeared back in 2014 but they never found any traces of that one. Right. And well, I mean, they did say that they did find wreckage of it. Oh, they did? Like on several different islands. Yeah. So, I mean... But they don't... Okay, so they just don't know exactly where... They don't know anything. What happened. They don't know what happened to it. So they said uh, five pieces of debris were found on the coast of Reunion Island, Mozambique, uh, Mauritius, and South Africa. So all, all centered around there. And the search for it was in the southern Indian Ocean where they thought that's the last place they saw it. So, I mean, the whole time there was conspiracy theories about what happened to that yeah. Flight 370. I mean, and it was, it was a couple hundred people that got lost. That was a major, major yeah. big bird. Right. It was a huge plane. And, I mean, some people think it's North Korea, that North Korea shot the plane out right. of the side. Because uh, Kim Jong-un wanted to have the technology of a large plane. Mm. So some people are blaming it on uh, North Korea and that... Um, not too long beforehand, uh, North Korea nearly took out a Chinese plane carrying 220 passengers, uh, Chinese Southern Airlines, that was reportedly passing through the trajectory of a North Korean missile just seven minutes after it was fired. And South Korea claimed that. So like North Korea mm. may have a history of threatening planes in the yeah. sky um, or that, that the plane was diverted to North Korea, like communication stopped. You know, actually, there's a guy... Um, by the name of Jeff Wise, and he's a science writer, and he was on CNN all the time when Flight 370 originally had disappeared. And he posited a theory, actually, that, and he backed it up pretty well, that um, the plane might have been hijacked, and they spoofed the navigation data to make people think that it went south when really the Boeing 777 went north and he found evidence that it was uh, landed in Russia. Interesting. And he has no idea why Vladimir Putin would have been interested in the plane yeah. or anything like that. And then conspiracy that happened as, like, as people that had checked in but didn't make it on board, things like that. Mm-hmm. That was his theory uh, that he wrote in New York Magazine and on uh, Slate.com too. So, I, I mean, see. And he was one of CNN's investigators into it. Ah. So, I mean, so his writing was pretty good on it, even if they have claimed to found pieces of wreckage from the plane 
in you know South Africa which and would, stuff like that. Yeah, which would not make be consistent it with his <laughs> right. It didn't make it to Russia. It didn't right. make it anywhere. But the thing is, they haven't. They didn't find it in the in the water, and they they fully thought they were going to find it in the water. Huh. In fact, before the pinging went off from the boxes inside the plane, yeah, they said they'd found it in the Indian Ocean, and they sent in a team. Oh, weird. And they went down there, and they they really thought they would just find it, hmm. and they went down to find the source of the pinging. They said there was nothing there. And even the, even the U.S. military was like, no, we, we, really we went down there and we couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why he thinks that it, the navigation data was spoofed. Yeah. Because these people would be sophisticated enough to know how to throw off Toss the Toss the box and then... Yeah, or create a different or, box. Yeah, exa- or software or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, huh. you know, and then of course there's the tabloids that said things like uh, uh, the Sunday Sport in England said that the plane had been found on the moon... That's great. And that it had disappeared and gone to the moon. <laughs> oh, man. Whoops, we turned a little off course here. Yeah. Uh, aliens. Aliens would be the one to take the plane. Okay. They grabbed it. That, that theory, you know, that, that's a curious theory, actually. Because, hey, you know, if you want to study humans, like, Grab you don't a plane. have to go as far. And it's just, it's all chock right. full. Like, it's already in the sky. It's coming with a hu- It's like a... It's like a tin can full of humans. <laughs> it's, they're all packed up all nice. They've got their, their clothes and everything they need for You know, that's true. And they got food and stuff like yeah. that on the plane. So like if you were looking to study people, right. like disposably, yeah. here you, you, you have the setup taken. And you have a, enough to, for them to survive in your environment for a little while, at mm-hmm. least with the food. And, and then... Um, at least have the decency to return them though. But that's true. Right. <laughs> Suppose if you're going to go to that effort. Well, so there was a couple of things that came through with this Flight 372 that also were interesting. So there was a a hacker group called the Lizard Squad that described itself as a cyber caliphate. So caliphate is um, like is ISIS calls itself a caliphate. So a caliphate okay. is like a, a Muslim. Um, How do you spell that? C A L I P H A T E. Oh, okay, caliphate, gotcha. because the leader, like the, the, the caliph, it's an older kind of Muslim form of government. I see. Theocracy. Okay. Type of thing, and so um, this group called the Lizard Squad. That's I mean, a, a cyber <laughs> caliphate. Fun. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> sure, the Lizard Squad, except they're Islamic hackers, Ooh, like okay, terrorist hackers. Not fun. Right. So like like Donatello isn't going to like sneak into your computer and yeah. say God is great and then blow something up. I gotcha. Um, Leonardo might though. <laughs> so somebody noticed that the aircraft in question was the 404th Boeing 777 to come off the production line. So what's the significance in that? It's like a 404 error not found oh, on the internet. So that's what they're, really? they're, so the cyber caliphate anyway, they, uh, they hijacked the, Web- website, not an airline, but they had the website of Malaysian Airlines and wrote 404 plane not found when people no, went there. No, are yeah. you serious? Oh yeah, so gosh, that was, that's horrible. I mean, a way to get attention. Uh, and then, of course, people blame it on the CIA. You know, even the, the French former airline director who was in, investigating the, in, uh, the disappearance, he said that he had been warned not to look too closely into the case by a British intelligence officer who told him that he was taking risks. Hmm. And um, anyway, that was shot down accidentally by the U.S., which we've done before. We did that with an Iranian airliner. The U.S. did that with an Iranian airliner, not maybe 20 years ago, 30, you know, so or maybe not even that long ago. But there has been several cases of yeah. airliners accidentally shot down when they entered the wrong airspace. And so that idea that... Uh, 
you know, it might be a, might be a CIA plot in order to take it over, sure, which, yeah. which of course there's no proof. And then other people are saying it's a false flag operation mm. that really they're trying to make people think that it was Islamic terrorists to kind of, to create a war kind of deal. Yeah. And you know that I'm sure people will say the same thing about this flight 804 because uh, obviously Paris had those attacks a few months ago. Right. And the flight came out of Paris. So, right. And you know, to uh, Egypt and we know that, some of the hijackers on 9-11 were Egyptian and things. Right. So we have no idea if it's a conspiracy or if the Malaysian flight was a of conspiracy. <laughs> but we do know that it's a mystery yeah. as, what, as to what happened yeah, to them. No kidding. And Oof. so these are the most famous recent cases. But the thing is, is there have been missing flights all through history. And so this one is just uh, the latest one in planes that have disappeared. I mean, how... It hasn't been maybe 100 years since we've been flying, right? Oh, yeah. And commercially, it's been maybe 80. Yeah. So it's well within our history to know the number of planes that have disappeared. It's not like you couldn't find the number of ships that have disappeared because they didn't have, you know, like written documents (laughs) and stuff. exactly. But we can totally find out the number of planes. You know, 1950, Northwest Orient Airlines, the bottom of Lake Michigan, probably. Ooh. Yeah. So um, they were flying from New York to Seattle, and they were going to go through Minneapolis on the way. And uh, as they were going over Michigan, that's it. They disappeared. They disappeared. See, and that's funny because you, you know, the ocean is it's big. huge. Lake Michigan, don't get me wrong, it's huge, I know. It, I grew it's, up it's by a, it. But it's a great lake. It is great. It's just big enough to be considered great. Yes. But I, you would think that it's not like, I don't know, it just seems like it would be easier to find something. Well, Right. But there has been, I mean, there's a series of, of yeah. uh, also sinkings right. of boats and yeah, things that have true. happened. So, I mean, it's big enough. It's big enough where you look over and Michigan's 80 miles away kind of thing. But I'm that's just not... in denial because I fly over it all the time sure. <laughs> to get anywhere pretty much. Right. We have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly enough, a local historian claimed in 2008 that many of the human remains washed ashore in the 1950s and were buried in unmarked graves in St. Joseph, Michigan cemeteries without telling the victim's families. Oh. So that like they washed, I think that would make the news though. Like I looked into that. I was like, okay, cause I saw the 2008 report where they talked about that. I'm like, okay, is there anything on Google news? Yeah. Cause you can Google news. You can go back. Sure. It's a- 1950s, 1940s. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can look awesome. like they can search the, the Text words and everything. That's yeah, amazing. They can search the te- Science. I know we live in the future. <laughs> I know. It's so wonderful. And so you can without, I mean, microfiche and a lot of you listening probably have to had to go through microfiche some kind of high school project like going through like each page of the newspaper piece by piece right to jump off a bridge (laughs) so first of all you wouldn't call anything orient anymore at airlines right like that would be no go and so this was 66 years ago but i would think that some kind of there'd be some kind of report because saint joseph michigan isn't the place where human remains washing up on the shore wouldn't be big news Hey, everybody, there's human remains on the shore. <gasps> Holy crap. Whoa. You know. Right. Yeah, that would be, that would definitely be big, big news. You know, and as I'm looking over a lot of these missing flights that at least have happened in the past, you know, 100 years. I mean, probably one of the famous ones is Amelia Earhart. That's my the, favorite one. <laughs> the famous female aviator. Yes, yes. I had to do a report on her when I was in kindergarten. Okay. And, you know, the, like... They had one of those fairs where everybody picks a person. And you picked Amelia Yeah, because I thought she was awesome because she's a female 
you know, like one of the first female pilots. Sure. And this is before Sally Ride, too. Yeah, exactly. Like okay. way before. There were no female astronauts at the time. Yeah. So. Just a couple of years. You don't have to date yourself. Right. But anyway, I thought it was cool. I, I thought like, and then the story and just, it's, it's tragic, but it's mysterious. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was supposed to be the first woman to circumnavigate the planet. Circumnavigate means fly around the whole damn thing. <laughs> and uh, so she was near Howland Island, the mid Pacific ocean. And uh, her and her navigator, Fred Noonan had a voice transmission out. They sent their last transmission out on July 2nd. 1937 mm. and then that was it yeah and then they don't, don't know what happened to her so she, i mean she might be somewhere i i'd like to think that She's her and on fred, an island like, i'd like to think her and fred crash landed an island like they fell in love <laughs> they escaped to an island yeah so they escaped to an island and they were like oh, well that's so nice, looks like Mike. it's just us so they fell in love and they started a family and now there's a tribe of Earhart's <laughs> That'd be amazing. Earhart slash Noonan's out there somewhere in the South Pacific. Just living on Gilligan's Island, like and what are they gonna, paradise. Right. And what are they going to do? Like they're going to make like one of those long canoes <laughs> that the Polynesians used to do to cross island to island? No. I don't know. You know? Well, that's a very nice little You think they would have put something like help me or like... Right. Anyway, but then um, that's my theory that they... <laughs> Yeah, the island, and then they were just like, that's it, and they started a colony. Well, it's certainly a nicer theory than the probable yeah. truth. No, that they either, like, it, the plane was on fire as they crashed, and they died oh, horribly screaming. Gosh. So you want to think about that, or you want to think about wow. the family? I like the family. Yeah. Um, so Amelia Earhart, that's one of the most famous disappearances, because, I mean, she was the female aviator. And it was know? such a huge event that she was going for this record, and, you know, so everybody's waiting. And it was also one of those things where I'm sure they didn't, they didn't have the, the tracker on her every movement. So it was like, they're probably looking up at the sky with binoculars. Wait, you know, she or, never shows up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I don't know. Well, I, I think that's interesting because when you talk about people trying to set records yeah, and they go through it, it usually it works. You know, usually you'd have a big press event. You'd be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This is going to work. And when it doesn't work, yeah, it's spectacular, oh, like spectacular so failure. Tragic. Yeah. Because everybody's watching. Everybody's listening and waiting to hear. You know, I always think about Geraldo doing the... Oh. the the Al Capone's vaults and it's two hours of setup and her yeah. was like, we're going live and nobody's been in Al Capone's vaults oh for gosh. 50 years. And this is, this is the late 1980s when it happened. And Geraldo Rivera is hosting this live special. Now we've talked about these live kind of syndicated specials before that they used to do for, um, they even had one in the Titanic. Well, right. I like hosted that. by Telly Savalas. Yeah. Kojak. And I remember when they, Evil Knievel like jumped over the Grand Canyon or something and I was just like, oh, man, this like, is right. like, this, this could be like everyone in America watching a, a tragedy. It could you know? be a snuff film. It could be a live, ex- <laughs> it could be a live, you know, right. Snuff film on TV. <sighs> you know, faces no. of death. Like no, that no, no. Million, with kids watching. I mean, I guess that was a Challenger disaster. Right. Like that, right. But that's yeah. how many kids were taken and watching yeah. it live and as, mm. as it happened. So, I mean, those kind of things. And it's just one of those things that. You know, I almost feel bad. I, I don't almost feel bad for the for people. Geraldo? I, well, I don't feel bad for. I feel, I feel bad for his mustache. So he opened it up, and there was nothing there. <laughs> like he said, really, there was nothing. There was like an old beer bottle or so something. Was he just like uh, he was like Al Capone's vote. Gotta go. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. Somebody gets a bell. You know, you can imagine right. a backstage like you guys told me there'd be something here. I look like a jerk. <laughs> So, right. So, her, but that's the thing when those kind of spectacular failures happen. And I mean, obviously, 
like Geraldo Rivera's didn't matter because it's just embarrassing. And embarrassing, yeah. so what? You know, Amelia Hart's dead. A tragedy, I mean, right. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, when, when we talk about these things, like I'm not, uh, you know, we're not being flippant about and stuff no, and what happens because a lot of this stuff is horrible. And so, I mean, there's several flights through the years. A, a lot of it's in South America, like where flights go disappearing. And, and those always seem like, well, it is in South America, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing. Like maybe at the time they didn't have the technology or something like yeah. that. And, you know, but, but missing planes. Um, but that takes us to, you know, we talk about South America, Central America. Well, we talk about the uh, Atlantic region. And when you're talking about the Atlantic region and mi- missing planes, you got to get to the Bermuda Triangle. triangle, triangle, triangle. <laughs> also known as the Devil's Triangle. Dun, triangle, dun. triangle. Um, <laughs> also a favorite top of, topic of mine when I was a kid. Yeah. They had like. I think there was a Ripley's Believe It or Not episode oh, about it. Oh, yeah. There was an, it was an In Search Of, hosted by Leonard yeah. Nimoy. And, and I love Triangle. those stories because it's like, whoa, this is really... It seems like, the, you know, there is a lot of stuff now. You know, there's the, the alien shows. There's the ancient aliens guy with the weird hair. There's, you know, yeah. th- there's plenty of paranormal shows. But it just seems like that because yeah. the 70s had a monoculture, because there was so... Oh. Uh, because, you know, the 60s and 70s, it's kind of like why everybody likes the Beatles. You know what I mean? It's just like... The Beatles are inescapable. Where yeah. even today, you would say that there's a good portion of the population that has never heard a Taylor Swift song. Right. I've heard maybe two. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I also sometimes wonder if these things, I remember them all as being so cool because they happened when I was a child and I'm my sure. imagination is a lot more active. <laughs> so, you know, something like the mysterious disappearance of planes in the Bermuda Triangle and the way they showed it and your child mind is just, it's just well, going there's like, always something of being a kid. Yeah. You know, right. You look at this, like the NORAD talks about Santa right. Claus coming over there. You're like, Oh my God, NORAD's, possible. NORAD's following Santa Claus. <laughs> You're like, yeah. And they're going to shoot him right. down. Cause Santa, cause Santa's carrying communism in his sack this year. Um, <laughs> so, but the thing oh, is, oh, oh. <laughs> right. So, uh, I think one of the other reasons, though, that things seem so much more believable in the 70s is, first of all, we were kids. But second of all, is things were shot on film. And we didn't have Google to go through and, like, Snopes And debunk thing. every single right. thing. But, the, I mean, there still were uh, skeptics. There still were plenty yeah. of skeptics, I mean, presenting. I mean, James the Amazing Randy's been around for a That's thousand true. years. Yeah. Um, not a thousand years. Like, he's not right. some kind of mystical wizard that lives forever. That's Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf isn't bald. James Randy's bald. Um but uh, things shot on film just seem more realistic. Hmm. So stuff, sh- and, and this would be, if we look at the media, Marshall McLuhan, the media is the message. So sometimes the way things are presented to us really does affect their believability. Hmm. So when you talk about um, things shot in the 70s and 80s, every time they would do an external shoot, like they'd have to go in, on location, most of the time they would use film cameras. Film cameras look like film yeah video cameras look like a tv newscast cheesy looking or a soap opera or something right so that's why you don't when you watch a uh, when you watch a movie mm-hmm. and film is just the, the medium of it there's more colors there's more it, it has a certain look to yeah. it a certain and it affects us affects our heads a certain way i see video looks like three's company right <laughs> And so you have that in your mind when you're sitting or there. Or like the price is right or something, you know? Like. <laughs> right. And, and so that's one, of the, that's one of the things. Like if video was more believable to our brains, then we'd be watching more things shot on 
VHS, I mean, I or see. digital, even digital video now. Yeah. You know, the difference between just an HD camera on your phone right. and a DSLR camera, which is what made, you know, so many things look like film now. Yeah. Anyway, I think I, that's one of my theories as to why stuff seemed mm, much, so much more believable. It's how it was shot. And th- that just made it appear more cinematic. So anyway, the Bermuda Triangle, um, that stretches from Miami down to San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, to Bermuda. That forms a triangle. To the, uh, so Bermuda is um, northeast of Miami and north of uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. And so that's kind of how the triangle forms. And obviously in the show notes, othersidepodcast.com slash 93, we will have a picture of the triangle so you know what to avoid <laughs> when you're going. I've, I've personally flown through the Bermuda Triangle 14 times You now. made it every time. And no Congratulations, problem. Mike. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. That was I'm really I, glad. It was really rough going. <laughs> um, I think it's just, it's just great pilots. You know, I had a great team behind me. They deserve high fives, um, all of them. <laughs> what I mean is like, I didn't even realize that was in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> right. Like I'd known about this since I was a kid. Well, and it's I didn't a good know we were thing. traveling through the Bermuda Triangle. But I mean, the thing is, so, so the first like incident of the Bermuda Triangle. Now you go to some different websites and they'll have stuff traced back to like, they'll have ships that disappearing Stuff that doesn't even, you know, like they'll say the Mary Celeste, which is a, a famous boat where everybody disappeared on it. Oh, okay. Okay. It was leaving New York City and it was going to Portugal. Okay. It's not really a Bermuda Triangle incident yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like if it was leaving Miami and going to Portugal. Right. Okay. But um, it's really more famous for aircraft incidents. And the first one is the most famous. Flight 19, you have uh, 14 airmen disappearing uh, when they're looking for the, I mean, when, they, when they're going through the Bermuda Triangle. And later that same day, there's another uh, plane looking for them. And 13 airmen, then like that plane gets lost too. So this is, I mean, th- this original tragedy, Flight 19, is a lot where the Bermuda Triangle comes from. Because these guys were traveling through there and they got lost for no reason. When was that? December 5th, 1945. Ah, okay. So this is maybe, this, I mean, this is six months after we dropped the bomb on uh, Hiroshima and yeah. Nagasaki. And this is really, you know, Flight 19 becomes legendary of the, because uh, it's five bombers that disappear of the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. <laughs> and it was just a training flight and it was going from Fort Lauderdale. And the thing, it was 14 airmen on the flight were lost as were all 13 crew members of a, of a PBM Mariner flying boat um, assumed by professional investigators who have exploded midair while searching for the flight. And they can't figure out what happened to either the original flight or the people. I mean, that's 28 people. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, 27 people. <laughs> uh, who died in one single day. Oof. For no other reason than these guys got lost. And they were saying like, okay, this is, they were coming on an area that was supposed to have like white water. And they're like, this isn't white water. This is green. We don't know where we are. Oh, and that's man. like the last transmission. Oh. And so then they just get lost. Weird. And flight 19 eventually shows up in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Nice. So that's the beginning of the movie Close that's Encounters of cool. the Third Kind is that they, uh, the planes from flight 19 show up in Africa. And that's the very okay. beginning is like, what's going on here? And the idea was that the, the aliens took them. That's a neat launching point for a story. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. So these guys get lost in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. And that's one of the first, really, stories of it. And that's a big one. 1947, July 3rd, 
a, a Douglas C-54 is also lost in a storm off the Florida coast. Why is that interesting? Because July 3rd, 1947 is the day of the Roswell incident. Oh, man. So that's the day that the reported... I wonder what was going on in the sky that day. Right, because that's... I mean, it reports in the newspaper that on the evening of July 3rd, 1947, people saw lights in the sky. Yikes. In Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. So did the aliens stop by to grab that yeah, C-54 they, on the way over? they accidentally hit it on their way in? Right. Did they accidentally <laughs> hit it? They were going so fast, they accidentally like, hit it. never know. And then... Pulverize I mean, it's a couple thousand miles away, but if you're going that fast... right. Okay, there's no science based on our <laughs> We are completely right just we are, pulling things please, out. Please, there is no physics involved in this discussion. <laughs> you know, that's like saying two people die on the same day, like on the opposite sides <laughs> right. of the planet. We're like, maybe one of them caused the other one. <laughs> right, like, they both, yeah, no. yeah, they both were killed by the same guy. That's not even possible. We're not even in the, in the wheelhouse here. Let's not close our minds to the possibility of it. <laughs> not. I think it'd be like the, 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 the plane's already destroyed. So and, it might well have been destroyed by a UFO rather than a storm. Right. And if the, if the, like the murderer guy could be traveling through time and space, like you never know. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> he could have a TARDIS and just jump to the same. Place. Okay. 1948, um, the Star Tiger gets lost with six crew and 25 passengers en route from Santa Maria Airport in the Azores to Kidney Field in Bermuda. Mm. Azores are in Europe, Portugal kind of thing. Okay. So they're, they're flying. So that gets lost on the way in Bermuda, 1948. Also, uh, 1948, three crew, 36 passengers en route from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami gets lost. Mm. Um, 1949, and this is, I mean, this is all in the late 40s, this starts happening. Um, seven crew and 13 passengers en route from Kindley Field, uh, Bermuda, going to Kingston Airport in Jamaica. That, to me, that's a significant amount. I mean, this is yeah. also the late 1940s, so we can see how... Uh, but if there's a weather pattern or something over that area mm -hmm. that, you know, but this is the original, uh, these reports, I mean, this is happening once a year yeah, in that's the late crazy. 1940s. So it gets written up in a magazine called fate magazine. Okay. And fate magazine is still around. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Um, I think it's probably, it's published by Llewellyn publications, which is actually in Woodbury, Minnesota. Oh, and I had a subscription to fate, I think like cool. a few years ago <laughs> and it was pretty good. Always interesting stories. Uh, Lloyd Auerbach. A guest on our, oh, yeah. a former guest on our show, um, he uh, he used to write and have a column every month, and that's, cool. that was my favorite column. So Fate Magazine, they have a an article about it, and this is really where they're talking about the Bermuda Triangle for the first time, and that's in the 1950s. And so, I mean, it kind of gets talked about every once in a while, but it's not until this guy named Charles Burlitz writes a book called The Bermuda Triangle in 1974 Ooh, cool. that it takes off. And it's, I mean, it sells like 5 million copies. It's yeah. like a blockbuster book about The Bermuda Triangle. So that Triangle. probably spawned the uh, programs that we saw on TV. Absolutely. And uh, there was a lot of things happening um, in the early 1970s, like Eric Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods. Mm. That, that kind of takes off. Charles Burlitz wrote a book on Edgar Cayce, the psychic who he, like he would, they called him the sleeping prophet. He'd, oh, yeah. fa he'd fall asleep or he'd go into a trance. I don't know if he'd fall asleep. Sure. He wouldn't just be like, good night, everybody. Right, then, but he wouldn't be like consciously present. Right. So he would go into a trance and he would have all these prophecies about Atlantis. Did he like talk in his sleep or did he wake up and just have the... Um, no, he would, he would talk in his sleep. So he would, well, he would talk in a trance. He okay. wasn't just... Yeah, okay. You know how usually when people are talking to sleep, they're like... Eh. I hear the secrets that you keep. Right, and the secrets you keep are, are Edgar Casey sleeping. Um, okay, so he... 
talked he, in his trance about this. Well, he, I mean, he, in the mysteries of Atlantis and Edgar Cayce said that um, the lost continent of Atlantis would come to the sea near Bimini in the late 1960s. And that um, the, uh, you know, outer space visitors had constructed ruins on the island of Bimini, on Easter Island, the Great Pyramid, the Nazca Line. Uh-huh. So this is all combining into this ancient astronauts kind of thing. Okay. And all these mysterious things are happening in these islands. And so he, con- Charles Burlitz was a, a researcher into this along okay, with the so guy he- that wrote Chariot to the Gods. He made the hypothesis then. And so he's like, it's the, he's pretty much the one who was credited for popularizing the ah, Bermuda Triangle okay. in 1974. And that book is kind of what brings the attention. And of course, Hollywood comes calling. You know? Right. So they, it's, it's cool. <laughs> right. So there's planes disappearing over. I mean, and no, we have. Yeah, planes disappearing isn't cool, but. Right. And nobody's like, planes disappearing. High five. It's, it's more. <laughs> of course. So, um, but the idea that there's a mystery associated with it, that it's not just. Yeah. You know, and I always thought like there might be something to the Bermuda Triangle, like it might be some kind of weather pattern. Like when I was right, a kid, exactly. that's mostly what I thought, like it might be bad weather. Especially with those incidents that happened in the 40s and stuff. It's like, okay, they, they didn't have as good of technology for the um, cockpit and stuff. But like I always that. think about the military planes, though. True. You know, I could they see if it was so more civilian planes. They're yeah. military planes and they're guys that are used to flying in combat right. in a lot of situations. Yeah. Like, how did they get lost? True. That's a good point. You know, in the, in the Caribbean. I guess it's not in the Caribbean. I guess it's in the Atlantic. The Caribbean yeah. would be south of Puerto Rico. Um, but anyway, so the other cool thing about Charles Berlitz is that in 1980, uh, he wrote a book called The Roswell Incident. Hey. So Charles Ber- Berlitz was a linguist who not only gave us the Bermuda Triangle, he also is the first one to tackle Roswell. Wow. That's quite right. a guy. So he is, this, this guy has influenced a lot of my life and is a very good um, eulogy, a non-eulogy, um, like a little bio written of him on his death. He died in 2003. He was 90. So he made it pretty good, good run. Good run. And uh, on Lauren Coleman's site, Lauren Coleman, the famed cryptozoologist, who we'll get to meet at the Milwaukee Paranormal Ooh. Conference. We'll be hanging out with him in October. Awesome. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he wrote a very nice um, obituary. That's what I should say. Obituary. There you go. I keep on saying biography, eulogy, yeah. obituary. Okay. He didn't know him, so it wasn't a eulogy. But... Um, so that kind of that kind of sets the Bermuda Triangle, like that's what get gets us all in our public eye. And, and notice, like if there really was aliens there all the time, there's no there's no planes disappearing in Bermuda now. It's all over different areas of the world. Maybe because we have better technology, yeah, and we know when there's actually things happen in Bermuda, Central America, and stuff like that. But that that hasn't stopped the Bermuda Triangle from being in plenty of. Um, Plenty of TV shows and stuff like that. So there was an X-Files episode called Triangle where they have a, a, a cruise liner disappears. Okay. And then Mulder goes to invest. It's called the Queen Anne and Mulder goes to investigate that's a, it. That's a biggie. Right. And, <laughs> and Mulder goes to investigate it and then like gets his head knocked on something and wakes up in the 1940s. Oh, cool. And it's, no, it's, it's a pretty good episode. It's one of those episodes where you can't tell if it's a dream or not. Okay. But it's like, if he's in the 1940s and he's the only one that knows that he's from the future or whatever. And so he's on there and there's so Nazis on board. He's dressed in the period attire and everything. Right. That's cool. But also everybody else there is like a character from the show represented oh, by something. Cool. Like the smoking man's there. He's a Nazi. Okay. You know, Scully's yeah. there. And I remember how they teased it because uh, it's the sixth season and in the preview, you see Mulder kissing Scully. Oh, and you're like, oh no, what are they going to do? Like, well, how did that yeah. happen? And it's because it was like in the <laughs> right. dream sequence. Of course. 
<laughs> That's but funny. Then eventually they find him in the water afterwards. Like, oh, okay. And they find him in the water and then they go on board and they find that nobody's on board. And then he remembers the experience. Ah, interesting. And like, like he feels his face where the character that Scully played in the 1940s punched him earlier. Oh, and man. so he still feels a bruise on there. So it's like, did it really happen? Yeah, kind of, of mystery thing. Gotta leave you wondering. But that was a fun one. Um, you know, one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite TV shows when I was growing up was called The Greatest American Hero. Oh, I remember I, that show. <laughs> we've probably talked about The Greatest, because The Greatest American Hero. The theme song was awesome. Right. First of all, I had a great theme song by Joy Scarberry, believe it or not. Uh, which I'll link to in the show notes just because I love it. I, I, yeah. I could, I don't mind listening to the theme song again. <laughs> Actually, I had that single, like that 33 RPM. Did whatever. you really? I think we might have too. I feel like my sister and I were really, really into that. Right. Song. What a great song. So we love that song. And uh, I used to play it on my parents' Funny. record player. But so the greatest American here, the whole idea is, is that he's a regular guy who's given a, a super suit by aliens, but he loses the manual. <laughs> so he can't That's so he's a got a super concept. suit oh, man. but he can't do anything he's like a high school teacher and he can't yeah. do anything yeah okay um <laughs> you know, yeah but they had an episode where they go to the bermuda triangle to investigate a case of a a, a, a sea monster Ooh, that okay. might, it's called devil in the deep blue sea oh that's an interesting and the sea monster being might be the one causing these cool. accidents okay carrie i think was a sea monster's name mm. and so i remember that i still remember that episode um but the thing is, most people think that Bermuda Triangle is just hogwash now. Like, there's nothing really to it. Like, because nothing's disappeared. Like, there's that, there's that whole five years yeah. where a whole bunch of planes disappear. And, and a few in the interim. But it mostly, it, it seems like one of those things where it's more coincidental than anything okay. else. Huh. You know, we have a, we have a couple uh, planes, like a, a private Cessna lost in 1965. Um, there's some incidents at sea that happen. I guess our latest one was 2015. Pretty recently. Yeah, there was a boat missing for one month until search crews identified the vessel oh, 15,000 feet below the surface. September 20th, 2015, oh. the SS El Faro sank off the coast oh. of the Bahamas. And, but it doesn't seem like it's any more than anything else. Yeah. Like we were talking about Lake Michigan before. Like, we, you know, I remember we stayed at our, our friend's house one time in Wausau. We played a show and we stayed at this guy's yeah. house and he had like a, it's like a nautical den. Oh, Remember so the awesome. nautical den? It was pretty good. So we're yes. staying at this guy's house after a show and we're staying at the nautical <laughs> den. And we're drinking beers. It's like four o'clock in the morning. And he's got a map of all of the, uh, of all of shipwrecks. the, the yeah, sorry, I was looking for the word, yeah. all the shipwrecks <laughs> in Lake Michigan. And there's like a thousand. Right. And we were listening to what? What song were we listening to? The record of Emma Fitzgerald? <laughs> we were course. listening to the record of Emma Fitzgerald. Okay. <laughs> It all like fit together so perfectly. I forgot about that. <laughs> but we were looking at like, just looking at all the different shipwrecks. And that's just in Lake Michigan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Lake Michigan is not the size right. of the Bermuda Triangle. And because that that distance between Miami and San Juan, right. like it doesn't look that big. It's like a thousand miles. You know what I mean? And like there's no thousand mile yeah. part of Lake Michigan. Right. So that's I mean, there's a couple hundred miles, but that, and that's the thing. So so right now people really think the Bermuda Triangle is just a did I say hogwash before? What am I, an old lady? That's just a bunch of it's hogwash. Poppycock. <laughs> right. Hogwash. Um, well, no, but it's, it, it was a fun mystery to think about. And when, when I saw those shows where they'd say, like, the plane. They, they'd, the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> they'd make, you know, like a, what do you call that? Like a dramatic reenactment. A reenact, yes, thank you. 
a reenactment and it would show, you know, the pilot and then all of a sudden he gets into this weird looking fog. <laughs> and it's, right, and it's then always it, cheesy and then it special shows effects, <laughs> like the lights change on the right, pilot and right, stuff. And he starts it, looking nervous. And then this, the instrument panels start like going around and around and so it just, you know, the whole visual of all of that was just cool. And it's like, like unsolved oh, mysteries. Like he that. entered into some kind of um, weird force like field warp. or something, right? <laughs> well, you know, the most famous pop culture missing plane that we've had in the past, you know, 20 years is probably lost. Very popular. And did we just talk about Lost last week? I feel like we did. I feel like we did. And I was like, I miss it sometimes. <laughs> I think I just said like, I, I still miss Lost. And I haven't even made my way through the whole series yet. So, But I mean, the idea that a plane disappears. Yeah. And it's a complete mystery and no one knows what happened to it. I mean, it's pretty Flight cool. 370 was a real life Lost. Mm-hmm. Except in, in Lost, there were some survivors that eventually made it back to the islands. I mean, no spoilers. So I'm, I try not to spoil it. I've been <laughs> off the air for six years. I still need to watch it. <laughs> I think it's all on Netflix, so it's worth cool. it. Cool. Perfect. Um, it peaks at season five for me, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, but Lost is the most, you know, most famous. And people were actually coming up with similarities between the Oceanic Airlines flight, um, oh. you know, the Oceanic Airlines flight and Lost, and then flight 370. The similarities, oh. the disappearance, the how when they, when they found debris, like in Lost, the... Uh, I'm asked, you've seen the pilot episode, so you know that, like yeah. the, the plane split in half. Right. And then there's a, there's a tail part of the plane and there's a middle part <laughs> of the plane and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, so Lost is, is probably the pop culture most people relate to with missing flights, but there's been plenty of others. You know, there was, a, uh, there was a movie came out, and this has a connection to you, actually, a long time ago when I was a, so when I, well, not that big of a connection. <laughs> So I'm not the star of it. <laughs> no, but I remember I remember renting this on VHS when I was a kid. Oh gosh! And it's a movie called Millennium. Okay. And the idea of Millennium is that time travelers from the future show up on airplanes that they are about to crash. They save the people's Sweet. lives and then bring them back to the future and leave oh, copies of the cool. bodies. Okay. So it's, they, they they know when people are going to die. Another very creative concept. Thing. So they save the people's <laughs> lives and they bring them to the future. Cool. But the idea is that every time they travel in time and change things a little bit, it creates a time quake. Yeah, of course. You know, the, you, of course, a time know quake. That's very scientific. <laughs> Hello, time quake, dumbass. Um, so, uh, and then there's an investigator that's looking into what's happening. You know, he's, he's a flight or, a, you know, like a FAA investigator okay. played by Chris Christopherson. Oh, look at that. Back when he was still a heartthrob. Um, yes, and that ties into me because I was on a flight with him. <laughs> you were on a flight with Chris Kattowski. Yeah. You know, we were flying together. Hanging out. He played you, <laughs> me and Bobby McGee. It's like, there's a little song I wrote for you, Wendy. <laughs> no, I just I just saw him on my flight. And somebody somebody behind, like, my sister and I heard some ladies say, like, I think that's Kenny Rogers up front. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that's funny because so Chris Christopherson was like a Rhodes Scholar, too. Really? Yeah. You know, I huh. think Chris Christopherson's roommate, maybe he wasn't a Rhodes but I think his roommate was Al Gore. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he's... So, anyway. Celebrity worlds collide. Right. Celebrity worlds collide. <laughs> the creator of the internet and the man from uh, Blade that played... And, sorry. And Wendy from See You on the Other Side. <laughs> All collide in one place. <laughs> My my six degrees of Kevin Bacon is <laughs> right. getting like easier and easier. Way shorter. <laughs> so anyway, so Chris Christopherson's there and, and oh he's a National Transportation Safety Board investigator, not FAA investigator. Okay. But he's still he's investigating yeah. it. And um there's a theoretical physicist that 
thinks that there's some time travel shenanigans involved and they eventually figure out cool. that people from the future they are coming. To it. They're grabbing people oh, when they die. And the shenanigans. Was, right. And that was a hogwash. <laughs> and that was a totally cool a movie that I thought was totally sweet. I want to watch that now. When I was a kid. Yeah. Millennium is the name of the movie. So that's a fun one. Uh, you know, Missing Flights, there's a good episode of Torchwood. And uh, Torchwood is a spinoff of Doctor Who that came out around 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, so with the idea of Torchwood is there's like a cosmic rift over Cardiff in Wales. Okay. And so the cosmic, I mean, they, they used Cardiff in Wales because, um, because that's where they were shooting. That's the, convenient. That's where they were shooting the yeah. show. And that's where they, cause it's pretty there. You shoot there instead of in London to save money. Right. And uh, I did a whole trek out to where the Torchwood base was oh, and things cool. like that. So I visited Cardiff Bay that's and everything awesome. looking for the building, like where they like sneak in. And cool. it's so cool. I went, I went, I went on a, like a, like a Doctor Who uh, pilgrimage. <laughs> and so I, I brought in some Torchwood stuff too. And anyway, so it's an episode called Out of Time, and it's about a, a plane that flies out of Wales in like the 19, 1952, and it flies through the rift, and it comes out in 2007. Oh, sweet. And so it's what happens to those people who oh, are... Gosh, that would be so confusing. And there's no going back. You know, there's yeah. no going back to 1952, so they are... They're, I mean, they, are, they just go to the future, and that's it. They go 55 years in the future, and it's kind of what happens Sad. to them. It is part of its... Really sad. Yeah. Okay. I'm no not. Gonna, I'm not going to spoil because it it's definitely you know Torchwood's first season is very uneven, but okay. there's a few episodes that really stand Standouts, out, yeah. and that's one of them. Oh. I think so. I really, I really enjoyed that. So, you know, the bad news is that uh, I don't think the Bermuda Triangle is real. Oh. I'm not going to, and I don't think it's aliens. I just think it's well, bad 1940s equipment. Wait a minute. The Bermuda Triangle is real. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we can prove. Right. There's actually... Geographically, it exists. There's ocean there. Right. Correct. However, the mysteries that... Or the claims that it's something mysterious. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you're not not sold on those. I'm not. And in the beginning, I was. Yeah. But I still think it might be some kind of weather anomaly or anything. There's just nothing that says aliens. And the thing is that a lot of times when you look at the numbers and you look at the statistics, you just have to... Even though it... Like, even though your mind immediately wants to draw these mm-hmm. similarities to things like that. It's you look at the statistics, just like the flight thing. It's safer to fly. Yes. And, and right. when you look at the kind of stuff that happened to me, now, I'm not saying that it wasn't a coincidence that all these things happened and it's a right. tragedy and everything, but Oh, you know, just like flight 370, like, do I really think that was a CIA operation or do sometimes planes go down, you know, right. or sometimes bad luck happens or planes get, sh- I mean, yeah, the plane could have been shot out of the right. sky and that could be a cover up. But that's not paranormal. That's an accident. Yeah. And we, I mean, but the thing is, I think if we did that, or if any government did that, you'd own up to it. Like we had to do that with Iran. Why else would you? You're like, hey, we really screwed up. Like, yeah. please, let's not have a kind of terrorist yeah. repercussions happen here. Right. Well, the other thing to consider, though, is that you know, if aliens were to come and and snatch a plane, mm-hmm. like they could say, hey, look, look at this little this triangle area. There, People already think something weird's going on there. So if we just oh, snatch a, a plane place to from do it. there, like... We just grab them. Yeah, exactly. Just snatch them. <laughs> like, that'd be a good spot to do it. would be. saying, you know. And I'm not saying that it can't be aliens. But, um... Yeah. I just think... Evidence would In a lot of these things, that it just... It might be an accident. And it might be, you know, it could be things blown out of the sky. I mean, we, we also had that, too. That plane over Lockerbie, Scotland, that right. happened in 1987. And all, and all those people died. You know, um... Like it could be something terrorist, terrorist related too. Unfortunately, that's the, that's the danger. So um, anyway, 
that uh, Missing right. Planes. That's a little oh, bit. Of, that's a little bit of background on Missing history. Planes, and and also the different TV shows and films that have kind of covered those in the meantime. Right. And we'll do a, an entire episode on disappearance of the Mary Celeste. And there's different kinds of individual mysteries we can dive into for kind of a uh, uh, a missing vehicles 201 yeah. or something All like right. that. Sounds good to me. So it's always hard to turn down an opportunity to use the word devil in the title of a song, especially when the other name for the Bermuda Triangle is the Devil's Triangle. So that's what we decided to name this week's Sunspot song, The Devil's Triangle. You see the light when you're in the deep. It's on the surface somewhere above your reach. But you're too far to be found If you want to meet the devil You have to go for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. That's just a bunch of hogwash. (laughs) Right, hogwash.